And what dark secret are you hiding from everyone? I kinda hope this never sees the light of day after I post it, but I want to get it off my chest. I'm in love with my best friend's wife, and I have been for years. She's funny, smart, creative, and so vibrant, and sometimes had a bit of envy and bitterness involved, as it just seems a bit wasted on him sometimes. He's a great guy and all, yeah, but he definitely doesn't seem to care much about her hobbies or passions and doesn't share her sense of humor, which is such a loss on his part. Anyway, I know he loves her, but it just seems that he takes her granted for a lot. When I spend time with him, I'm always a bit afraid it's gonna tell somehow. I always feel compelled to downplay and sometimes avoid interacting with her too much. We click pretty well, though, so it's not always easy. I doubt she'd be interested romantically, even if we were both unattached, and I'd never cross that line regardless. Even if they were to split up someday, I'd still feel like a scumbag for trying to form a relationship with my best friend's ex. What makes it worse is that I've been in a relationship with her best friend for the past, like, three years. I love the person I'm with. And the only other person I'd ever want to be with more is permanently unavailable. Still makes me feel like shit, though. I wish I didn't feel this way about her, and the guilt definitely gets a bit overwhelming at times. But I haven't figured out the trick to just switching that sort of thing off yet. Thank you for creating this so I can get this off my chest! During an argument with my mum when I was about 14 years old, she yelled at me. And instead of saying something normal like... Fuck you! She instead yelled, your dad molested you when you were four years old. My dad is an alcoholic, since before I was even born, but it got worse throughout the years, so even though he was around sort of, he also wasn't. It's hard to explain, but even if he was home, he passed out on the recliner with SPN on him and alcohol next to him. That's my earliest memories of him. So, my mom saying this was believable, coupled with the fact that I've never truly felt comfortable and safe around him. But I didn't think that could be why. I will admit, though, that throughout my adolescence, I would hate going swimming if he was going to be there or wearing shorts around him because it just felt like he was looking. I don't know if that meant anything or if, if it was just in my head, but I struggled with that for years because of his lack of presence and support as a father, forcing my mom to do it all. I resented him, so I figured that I could explain my paranoia around him, the lack of trust. But when my mom told me that he abused me, and I didn't know about it because they kept it from me, I actually tried to kill myself that night with a shit ton of aspirin, because I genuinely wanted to die. One... I was disgusted that I was allowed to visit my father and be around him for all those years if that was actually true. And two, I didn't see the point in living anymore if my mother could be so cruel to me and hurt me so deeply like that. Literally, all I just wanted was her love, but it just seemed like she hated me. She wasn't always that bad, though. Pretty sure her change in behavior toward me happened around 12 to 13 but it really took a turn for the worst at 14. Those teen years were the worst years of my life. She tortured me with cruel words often. Anyway, I went into my room after her comment, 
said nothing, and I left my door open when I swallowed a hundred plus pills of aspirin, because I secretly wanted her to know what I've done. She did walk by and saw it eventually, freaked out and tried to make me vomit, but I couldn't. I always had a hard time vomiting, even naturally. But she wouldn't let me go to the hospital because she said I would end up locked up for about two weeks. After all, I was a threat to myself. I didn't care at that point because I was just... frozen, sort of. I just remember genuinely wanting to die and not caring at all. Almost feeling relieved that I might actually go to sleep and not wake up. So she forces me to walk around the neighborhood to keep me awake. Eventually, during this walk, everything goes black and I actually had an out-of-body experience. I never had anything like that happen to me since. I saw myself and her walking from above, same clothes, etc. And from slightly above the streetlights. Then everything goes black again and my next memory is walking past my best friend's house, which was a completely different location from my last memory. It was a trip, to say the least. I was exhausted at that point, and I don't remember much after going back. I just know that I went home and wanted to sleep so badly, but she wouldn't let me because she was scared I wouldn't wake up. Eventually, I did go to sleep, and when I woke up, I was in the worst pain I'd ever been in at that time immediately crying and vomiting uncontrollably. My stomach was in the worst pain. I didn't leave the house for three days and just recovered, basically. When I was able to get up, I called my dad's sister and asked if what my mom said was true. My aunt usually knows about everything. She let out a really deep sigh and told me that it was true and that there was an investigation, but they had concluded there was no evidence, so no charges, no case. I asked her if she thought it was true, and she said that she didn't think so. Did I ask why the investigation? She said that my grandma on my mum's side saw something and called the police, but I guess everyone acted like my grandma was crazy and just didn't like my dad, but didn't actually see anything, and just wanted him out of the house. But I just don't think my grandma would have lied about that. Maybe I'll never know, though. I'll never actually know the truth. I only know how it made me feel. I still saw my dad after that. It was a hard place to be in, sure. And I didn't actually know, so... How could I stop seeing my dad? It was the worst. It was so confusing. I still struggle with it today. I still see him sometimes, but I do still feel uncomfortable, and will never fully trust him and give him quick hugs, and I fucking hate walking away from him. I just try to cover my butt. I try to wear certain clothes if I know I'm going to visit my brother. It's weird, I know. I just don't know how to go about it. But I have definitely not kept a strong relationship with him, and I keep it short, just in case it's true. I mean... Would I feel so uncomfortable like that, and even years later? I ended up having a nightmare of him molesting me years later as an adult. I wasn't sure if it was a flashback or what. It could have been a nightmare, but I don't know. Anyway, that's my dark secret. I find it particularly dark, because I'm still in contact with all these people. 
I used to try to never talk to my family again, but I just couldn't. I wish I was stronger and colder. Also, I had some strange stomach issues on and off for years after all that aspirin, but nothing major, it seems. I'm glad I just wasn't successful. I was severely emotionally and physically bullied as a kid, and my parents never allowed me to express myself or stand up for myself out of fear that I might negatively impact their social lives. I was super skinny, geeky, greasy-haired, pimple-infested, but my folks, this is the rural south, were bound and determined that I would be the all-American, god-fearing class favorite. I went to college far away from my small town and cut off everyone but one friend from high school. I completely revamped my personality and appearance by going to the gym, changing my style. I went from Screech to Hank Moody from Californication and ditching my southern accent. I also reinvented myself with a fraudulent backstory in childhood. People wanted to be my friend. Girls wanted to have sex with me. It was a euphoric escape from my pain and my trauma, and I've kept up those lies in my adult life. Fast forward, I'm in my thirties, and two years ago I had a falling out with my previously mentioned friend from high school before the persona. The guy ended up growing into a bigoted, racist piece of shit, so he's not missed, but it did trigger some serious self-reflection. There was nobody in my life who knew the real me anymore. I didn't talk to any family at all. I realized I had been completely unable to have an emotional relationship with a woman, and had only meaningless flings and hookups because I had been terrified of someone rejecting me like I was throughout my formative years. I was, for a long time, very happy with my professional life and physical appearance and social life. Despite that, I began to become severely depressed and began feeling the weight of the lies. This led me to break down and almost initiate a suicide attempt. I have since sought therapy. Therapy has been the best decision I've ever made, and I've since forgiven myself and repaired my relationship with my parents. I called the person who I considered to be my best friend, a friend from college who never knew the real me, and broke down and told him everything. I even cried, which I haven't allowed myself to do in years. He said he was proud of me, and is honored to call me his best friend. I don't deserve his friendship, but feel very fortunate and grateful. I've started small. If I meet a stranger, I'm open and honest about myself if the conversation goes in that direction. Where I'm from, relationship status, all of that. I plan on eventually coming clean to all of my friends individually at some point. I also plan on entering the dating pool and dating with honest intent and accepting I will inevitably be rejected. I know it will be painful, and I'm terrified. But it will be worth it. I have to do this. I was happy when my father died. Long story short, my mother and my father got divorced when I was, like, three years old. So, for almost my whole life, I've been living with my father and grandmother. When I was fourteen, the grandmother died, and a couple weeks later my father got to the hospital with some heart problems. He spent almost two months and got fired during this period of time. After he got discharged, he started drinking every single day. Finds out that the only thing that had been stopping him from drinking alcohol was his mother. He had been drinking for four years non-stop. When I got to 18, he even stopped leaving apartments when I was around. 
and decided that using me as an alcohol delivery was a great idea. I do remember a couple of times I'd invite my friends to come over. The first thing he did was worship them and insult me. He said that I'm the reason he got divorced from my mother a couple of times. He even said I'm the reason my grandma is dead. He didn't work at all, but we had other apartments in other parts of the city we got just before my grandma died. I also found out I had an auntie. I'd never heard of her before though, and she left us with some pretty shitty apartments. We've been living on landing money, which was barely enough, and he wouldn't do any house chores, but forced me to do them whilst he was drinking. When I graduated from my school, I really wanted to get into linguistic university, but my father said something like, you should become a real man, not a pussy, and forced me into a technician university. Eventually, I studied there for almost a year. This June, he called me from his room. When I came there, he was screaming at me for letting him drink so much and begging me to call a doctor. I eventually did, but while I've been calling an ambulance, his whole body went limp. An ambulance came 20 minutes later just to prove he was dead. I found out that he sold some of Auntie's old apartments, so I have some money to live with. The worst part is the fact that the entire family still thinks he was a great guy. I wanted to tell my family about everything so badly, but decided it would make me look bad. Anyways, nowadays I'm lending my old apartments for some pretty good money, working, taking a gap year in uni and now preparing for my exams at another university, and living my best years. I have been eliminating things from my diet, like dairy, significantly less, coffee and no alcohol, and have started supplementing tons more fruit and taking all kinds of herbs so my bodies can go through a detox. The reason I'm doing this is not only to shed a few noticeable pounds, but it has also made my libido skyrocket, and with that my spirit has tasted Amazing. My wife has never, ever mentioned this before, and we've been married for over six years and have been together for nine. She's unaware that I had intended for it to taste better, and the benefits have been included with that like better sleep, higher libido, which she seems to like, and losing ten pounds in three weeks. Not sure if this counts as a dark secret, but for someone out there that might want something different for themselves, maybe give this a go. I heavily eat fruit at every meal and stay away from eggs, dairy, red meat, and super starchy veggies like potatoes. So fruit and chicken or fish mainly. I follow every meal by taking some sort of zinc, peppermint, fenugreek, and some folate. I drink enough water throughout each day to make sure my pee is either light yellow or almost clear. Clear might mean just like a little bit too much. I've tried to work out or do some active activities for like 30 minutes to sweat and need a shower. I feel like this has been a big difference maker. Just work hard for 30 minutes doing something active. I danced, biked, ran, lifted weights, and even did some stretching on a steam room one day. Lastly, I've kept in mind that all I need to do is just get a little bit more sleep. Though I've been going to bed at an earlier time. My wife is the one that keeps me up usually. <laughs> Hope this helps. Seven years ago, I developed a serious oxy habit. My usage spiked when the pandemic hit and it quickly became a $1,000 a day addiction. No one in my life had the idea. I make a great living and I've been able to absorb the financial impact. On two occasions, I came to as my wife shook me by the shoulders to try and slap me out of some sort of weird trance I was in. 
both times it had happened in front of my kids. I don't know if I'd consider the events ODs, as I was conscious and on my feet, and acting bizarre, according to my wife. It freaked her out, but I talked my way out of both instances. A little over two years ago, I decided I was tired of chasing it, and I was going to quit. I was only doing it once. To this day, my family thinks I had the worst flu-slash-food poisoning on the planet. Kicked cold turkey. I've been sober since September-October-ish of 20. I was a moody prick for a year. The insidious reality of opioid abuse is that it fucks with one's abilities to compartmentalize, and you just start lying to yourself about the level of which you're now physically and emotionally dependent. Well, at least I did. The line you cross to get to that point is blurry and a mile wide. I don't know when it happened, but there were a few moments when my subconscious fired one clean through and I realized, yeah, this in particular is a bad idea. Insert applicable cliche of I know I did the right thing category here, but I'll be goddamned if my wife and boys ever know what who I really was during that period. I know the odds, and I'm lucky to be alive, but I still think using it every few hours. I miss it. A lot. I tried to kill a man. Only two people know the secret, my boyfriend and my sister. I know it sounds stupid, but I was 13 years old. My stepfather had been raping me and my sister on and off for about six years at that point, up until I hit puberty. He was also very physically abusive. The weird thing was, he never touched a drop of alcohol. He was a pastor. Then he stopped being interested when I... developed. We even tried to tell our mother and got punished for lying about such a godly man. To this day, she doesn't believe us. Anyhow, I was so sick of being scared he would change his mind about not touching me anymore and fed up with the bruises that I and my sister came up with a plan. Out of seven siblings, we were the only girls, and so all the chores fell on us. Cooking, cleaning, you get the idea. Once we tried cooking and pouring chemicals into his food, that being cleaning detergent. Although we got violently sick, he didn't die. After that didn't work, she had an even better idea. She loosened the bolts on his truck to his tires. She said that she had seen it on an episode of CSI or something, I don't know, and wore gloves so she didn't leave behind any fingerprints on the bolts or the wrench. He had to leave for work for about a few hours, so we waited. Once he started driving, he noticed something was off and stopped to take a look at his car before he could have done anything. We've told no one. The good news is he's out of our lives, although he was never prosecuted. I carry the disappointment of being the only living child after the death of what would be my oldest sister. Raised in a very religious single-parent home with generational curses and generations of SA, all eyes were on me to do something right. Everything right. Basically isolated as a child because my mother was so scared something would happen to me. I was there to be mom's friend when she needed someone to be around and that was it spending most of my life depressed. I felt I was the one kid in the family that's someone to be proud of, drug addict cousins and cousins that were just worthless, but I'm criticized every day for raising my kids better than the family who raised me, and actually having a husband who loves and cares for me and our children. I'm even criticized for not forgiving my mother's friend who molested my child because no one believes me and thinks I was making it up. Even though my mother lies and twists every situation that makes her look bad, 
but I still feel that guilt to keep in contact with my family because they are all that I've known. I don't know the exact age, but when I was very young, I have memories of my dad, who was drunk, getting in bed with me. I knew about sex at a way too early age, and I remember masturbating in preschool during nap time. I don't remember all the bits and pieces because it was so traumatic that my mind blocked it, thank god. Oddly enough, some of the memories were unlocked when I watched the movie Precious. It is so odd how the mind works. My mom ran away to her sisters for a year because my dad also beat her mercilessly, and I was molested by a female cousin, who years later, in my forties, I confronted and demanded some type of... I don't know... an apology? I honestly don't know what I wanted or expected, but I knew there had to be some sort of reckoning. I told her what she did sent my young life into a spiral of sexual confusion and mistrust. She responded that she did what had been done to her. <sighs> I'm still here. I survived. Maybe this isn't a very dark secret, but it's a secret I hardly tell at anyone. About three months after my long-term boyfriend of seven years broke up with me, I landed a new job. The only sole reason I got a new job was actually to win back my ex, and it partially worked. However, a couple of months later, I gave up, because I realized it was better for me to move on than get stuck on a guy who was okay with throwing seven years worth of effort. Three years later, I'm still working in the same place. Three years later into the job, I had a sudden crush on a league whom I met on the very first day at work, and he eventually became my boyfriend. He is an amazing boyfriend and treats me very well. Everyone at work thinks we're a match made in heaven, but my family, my boyfriend, my colleagues, and the mutual friends we've made over the years never knew the reason why I applied for this job was to win back an ex. I always hear my different family members talking bad about each other to one another only for them to act like they are friends again to talk about somebody new together. For example, my mother would always talk to my sister about my grandmother, only to switch it up once the call is done and talk shit about my aunt to my grandmother as if she had not said something horrible about her a few minutes ago. My mother even recently started talking about me to others on the phone, characterizing me as horrible and selfish, even though I only learned about it from her. Her complaints are always about how she could do so much more than I could at my age. Maybe I am selfish, but calling me it all the time hurts, especially when it's told to all of my other family members and never to my face. I found out that my husband has saved photos with his crush before we met, photos with an ex-girlfriend he's still friends with on Instagram but has never told me, and photos with a trip with his ex-wife who I know he cannot stand. I can't ask why he still saves these in 2021 when they are from 2010 because I looked without his permission. I noticed the tattoo on the girl with who he has a picture laying in his bed next to him, and that's how I recognize they follow each other on Instagram. Otherwise, I'd never know who it was. I can't tell if she's married or divorced, but she likes his photos from time to time. Part of me just wants out because I feel really hurt and cheated by him for holding onto those photos. It makes me feel like I'm not enough for him. I was seriously contemplating killing my then-alcoholic dad when I was around 13. He would drink every night and sit me down to tell me how he would murder my mother in brutal detail. He would degrade her every day and every night. 
This one night, he went to the bathroom as we were talking, and he had this huge jug of alcohol on the kitchen table. I seriously thought I could get up, run to the kitchen, grab some bleach, and toss it down on his junk, and then he would be dead before I ever see my mom dead in any of the scenarios he put in my mind. I never did it. I don't think I was going to. But that comes to show you don't even know what you can do when you feel like you have to do something. Thank you for watching the video. Be sure to like and subscribe for more content like this.